Welcome to Cannabis Investing Newsletter. I'm D.H. Taylor. Today I have a Zoom call with a guy named David. He's a fireman up in Chicago. He's got two major holdings. One of them, Cresco Labs, is probably his bigger holding and one that he really wants to hold on to for some time. I think Cresco Labs is a solid company. I see a lot of upside on them. It's not exactly my top pick. I think some companies are probably going to outperform them. Still, they're going to do well. They're going to grow and continue to expand in the regions there are. Another uh, holding they have, David has, is Planet 13. And you should see his reaction when I told him what I thought about Planet 13. Planet 13, for those of you who follow me, they're one of my top picks. And I think this company is very likely to get acquired. Um, David's got several investments. Cannabis is one of them. He's talked modestly about uh, some real estate holdings and things like this, but he's a long-term investor, and I think this is perfect for someone getting involved in cannabis. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of movements, a lot of changes over the next two and a half to five years, but I think his time frame is much further than that, and I think given that, he's going to do very well. For those of you who are interested in doing a Zoom with me, please, by all means, there's a link just down below. Hit the button. Let's connect. I've got a couple people scheduled ahead. Uh, I'm going to try and do this once a week. Um, I'm also going to start contacting some CFOs of companies and see about doing interviews on a weekly basis. But I'm going to wait just a couple more weeks. Got a lot going on with the website. Nonetheless, there have been some changes on the website. Um, take a look at that. I'm continually working on it. My weekends are almost completely spent on that. In the meantime, Let's meet David. Let's see what we said about uh, two very important companies. There you are. Cool, man. How are you? I'm good. Where Where are you? So I am in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, where are you? Right now I'm in New Mexico. Uh, hopefully can start moving forward with some things in the next couple of weeks. Um, a transmission just showed up. It's out in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> that makes things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I had to rebuild my uh, transfer case, got it all working and about two weeks ago. I think I, I ran it. Was it last week? It, I don't remember. Uh, I drove it around the block and I was like, yeah, I did it. I didn't even know what a transfer case was before. Uh, went to park it in the driveway. And it wouldn't go in reverse. Wow. So I was like, you know what? There's some other issues with the transmission. Guess what? This thing's done, gone, bye. Wow. So I get to yank off the transfer case again, put the transmission on. Then I think it'd actually be running pretty, pretty nicely. Now, if just, I remember, you're from Cali, right? Yeah, San Francisco. Okay. I've lived in both LA and San Francisco. Okay. Gotcha. So. So you wanted to chat about, uh, I guess, the MSOS stocks. Essentially, yeah. I wanted to see if my head was in the right place. You know? um, so a lot of what I tell people to do, um, when we look at the growth rates and everything, what's happening, Tilray, perfect example, not in the MSOS, of course, they're Canadian, well, they're down here in America, but... Um, Tilray's printing what about a hundred? Would they print about 130, 140 million last quarter? Don't remember. They just gave us guidance for 2024 for four billion for the year. That's a billion a quarter. So in 
30 months, not even 18 months, they're going to start printing 1 billion a quarter hmm. off of 150 million right now. That's about six and a half times revenue growth rate. There ain't any other stocks out there doing that right now. Now, Tilray, they're doing more than just cannabis, correct? Yeah, they've got, you know, your CBDs and things like this. And I try and stay away from that. And the reason why is go ahead and jump on eBay or Amazon, eBay. I don't know if Amazon messes with it too much and do a search on CBD. You're going to okay. get about 6,000 hits. There's no real barriers to entry to getting CBD in anything. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a highly commoditized product. How are you going to distinguish yourself? I just don't see it. Okay. But when you get that kind of revenue growth rate, the next step is there's an understanding that what's going on with cannabis right now is it's going to grow. We're seeing a lot of states turn, start opening up this, that, the other thing. But which ones are sort of outpacing? Because um, just, yeah, there we are. You've got... um, not a lot of these companies are net earnings positive right now. And the reason right. is really simple. They're going around they're, they're acquiring other companies. They're doing capital expenditures, CapEx, expanding, opening up more dispensaries, doing this, that, the other thing. So they're not there yet, but the real focus should be then for upcoming companies is EBITDA profitability. Now, right I just, now. yeah, I just yeah. did. Uh, I just finished, I still have the green skin, everything's still set up. I just finished TerraSend, looking at TerraSend, who just announced they're going to pick up Gage. Their EBITDA profits versus revenue is like 40.1%. So basically what they're doing is their core business is earning so much money. They're, they're number two on the list of 100 stocks that I've got. That's this cute. is Terrasen, right? Terrasen. And they are MSOS. Right. So when you're looking to see who, who should you be looking at, start gravitating towards that figure right there and ask the question, how much of their core business is profit? Now, EBITDA, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Earnings before interest, taxation, depreciation, amortization. It's basically the core business. So what happens is you got the very top area, which is uh, your revenues and gross margins, giving you gross profits. The next section down is running the corporation, um, sales, general, administrative. What he, and then that gets you total operating profits. What EBITDA does is it goes just above that and says, remove depreciation and amortization, taxation, all that stuff, and just look at that core business. You've got a growth facility. You've got a processing facility. You've got the corporate office. Are they profitable with the revenue that they have? Mm. That's what EBITDA tells you. All right, and if you're at 40% EBITDA profitability, and you're at $100 million in revenue right now, and you double your revenue for the year, all right, you go to $200 million, you're going to add another $40 million 
to your sort of bottom line there. Mm-hmm. Right. That trickles right. down all the way down to net earnings profitable. So start kind of funneling down. You know, that should be one of the areas you're looking at. Another thing. Okay. Cannabis is booming. Revenue growth rates. Are they printing sequentially higher and higher revenue rates? If they're not, what are they doing? Perfect example, right. Sundial. God, I hate this company. Uh, they're sitting on a mountain of cash. Mm-hmm. But their, their core business is, has terrible metrics and they're really not growing. But that mountain of cash, they're going around and they're buying other companies. So they're going to get there. But I'd want to see that core business actually functioning. Mm-hmm. And I think the MSOS has what, 27, 28, 25, somewhere in their total stocks. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I, just, I, I mainly focus on the top five players. Okay. That's what, at least that's what I've been focusing on. I know there's, there's a ton more out there, which you are way more savvy than I am on all that. That's yeah, I'm actually systematically you. going through every single one of the MSOSs to kind of, because what I want to do this quarter, because sometimes, you know, I've been trying to get like on my website, just a full, I guess, basket of, of um, all the stocks I could. Well, now I'm specifically focusing right now on my top picks and the MSOS stocks, which that's going to be two or three reviews I'm going to do per week just for that, then I'll bring in like another kind of smallish up and coming this out the other thing. So you're going to see reviews on these on a regular basis starting like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, very nice, by the way. Thank you At very much. I appreciate those. I, I get a lot of feedback and the feedback is all about the same. And I know there's other YouTube channels out there doing other things. I'm not, I've not encountered anybody breaking down numbers like I do. No, your analytics are very uh, intriguing. Hence why I kind of reached out to you. Yeah, no, I, awesome. It, um, mm-hmm. it's, cannabis is going to get there. Absolutely. Right now it is way out of favor. Yeah, when I have you, a series of questions for you. Shoot away. Um, that's actually one of them. Let's see here. Why, you know, given everything you're saying, right? Yeah. Why are the prices going down? And you're, you know, I'm sure there's a thousand reasons, but why do you think personally the stocks are going down instead of going up? There's a couple. It's, you know, it's an organic thing. It's not a, well, right here, this one reason. So um, first off, everybody rushed in in 2018 when Canada went legal. All right. Um, And then everybody got burned. Then, uh, yeah, anybody getting involved in any of the cannabis stocks, they just got burnt. And a lot of the bigger players are still in, you know, your hedge funds that bought canopy growth and all those other kind of stocks, they're still holding them. They're just sitting there saying, well, it'll go up one day. And that's their attitude because they're sitting on, you know, 94 other positions valued at $20 billion. So they're not micromanaging that $150 million position or whatever. So you get the fact that everybody's been burned before. So retail investors are not rushing back in because they've been burned. They just got burned again in February. 
you know, look at the look at the stock charts of the individual stocks. They all pushed up higher in February and then came right, right back down. Um, and I, I guess I it was sort of a Reddit attack or whatever, you know, hitting uh, the uh, hitting the um, the short interest people and they got them good. I mean, some of the valuations are like never see that stock price again. You know, they pushed things way right. out of line. So anybody who got involved again, got burned again. Um, True Leaf, excellent company. They gave us guidance of about $800 million for this year. They would have to be incredibly lazy to not go above 800 at this point. They printed two quarters for us. And I'm looking at these numbers and like, they're going to blow out 850, maybe even hit 900 million this year. They gave us $250 million in EBITDA profitability. They're going to blow that out too. The stock went down. And now when you, a question for you. What's that? So um, Trulief, right? Yeah. EBITDA, they're, they're killing it. Margins are super high. They're, they're doing awesome. However, like you said in previous videos and you kind of mentioned here, touched on it, they're kind of solely in Florida. And given the regulations in that market, they're, they're killing it, right? Yeah. You've done a video not too long ago on um, Green Thumb, right? Yes. Now they're, they're everywhere. And you, as you said, great company. They're going to explode and they're going to continue to do well. Um, however, right now, if you look at True, True Leaf stock price, it's below Green Thumb and their margins way higher. Would you say now is a better time to invest in True Leaf or would you still invest in Green Thumb? Given if you had... $10,000 just throw away. Would you put it on green or truly? Um, yeah, that's a, that's actually a tough one because here's the thing. I think green thumbs numbers are starting to turn and get more impressive. And okay. I just, I just this morning published a, um, a video conversation with a certified financial planner, Tracy out of uh, Washington state. And he said something interesting about what he thought on truly versus say green thumb. He said, you know, True Leaf is only in Florida, whereas, you know, these others are more diversified. And he felt that Florida was going to become a war at some point. And I thought that was a very valid point. But at the same time, they just picked up Harvest Health. So Har the Harvest Health acquisition is a very strong acquisition. That's, I think, 19 or 16 dispensaries in Arizona. See, I know nothing about Harvest Health. So you'd Great be a company. Guy. Good company. Okay. Yeah. Solid. So good move. My good top move. picks. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're primarily only in Arizona. They were just starting to get into other states. So my thinking with that is truly is pretty much going to look at them and say, so you already have a partnership in this state here. Keep going. Because that would give like an ancillary footprint inside another state for truly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't like, like you're saying, I don't think true leaves platform on a, on a grandiose scale would, would work. It's just kind of the, the Florida market and the state's regulations, the vertical integration of it. It's kind of a big business market. Florida is. And I think true leaves exploiting that. And they took it, took that took advantage of it. Honestly, they're doing, yeah, they're really doing well in their home state, but you're right. They need to expand out. I think harvest health was fabulous. So back to the original question. 10 grand, would you do Green Thumb or would you do Truly based on today's prices? 
I would probably true. split it in half, go 50, 50. Okay. Okay. It's fair. Uh, and it's just, it, it kind of goes back to what I was talking with Tracy about uh, in the other video call. It's, you know, you're going to see, we're not at a point right now, like a bit to profitability is that one thing we're really focusing on, although TrueLeaf is net earnings profitable. Um, a lot of these companies, the metrics we're looking at, it's too early to start looking at these metrics that instead, you know, like ROIC and things like this, these metrics I haven't brought into my website yet. And the reason is these companies aren't there yet on a, on a, you know, collective basis, maybe a couple of them are, but not all of them. Um, I think both companies, you're looking at sort of stalwart companies that are going to be around for years, years and years. They're going to be the ones going around looking for these smallish ones, acquiring them. So you're, you know, Harvest Health is still going to have a name, but the parent company is who you're going to be able to invest in eventually. Uh -huh. So a perfect example, Schwaz out of Colorado. Schwaz has about 19 dispensaries only in Colorado. Someone's going to pick them up because it's easy for them to get into the state of Colorado by acquiring a whole slew of dispensaries. Right. Right. Gage just got picked up by Terrasend. All that. What is it? 13 to 15 dispensaries. They're looking at 20 by the end of the year. They're, they're looped in with cookies dispensary system. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Terrasend is now solidly in Michigan. That was an easy move for them to do right now. That kind of M&A activity is going to happen over and over and over again. Both Green Thumb and TrueLeaf are in positions to do that. Green Thumb's numbers, you know, I just did that video on them. They're starting to inch up. They were always kind of just slightly behind, but now they're starting to get closer to that top level. Mm -hmm. So when you're comparing those two, on the one hand, you're looking at TrueLeaf, who's solidly in Florida, but, you know, Green Thumb's more diversified outside of that. I'd probably, right. I, the other thing is going back to Tilray, one of the original things I said, the whole industry is basically doing what Tilray is about to do. Go from $150 million a quarter to $1 billion a quarter in about two and a half years. So you know, we're not really at a point where looking at truly versus green thumb really matters that much because the whole industry is just going to take off and it's okay. going to continue to do that for 10 solid years. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said to splitting it and just saying, why make a decision? You know, at the yeah. same time, look at some of these smaller companies. Um, you know, Next Green Wave, I, they actually had, I need to do a video on them. I, I probably should do it this week. Uh, maybe I'll start working on it tomorrow. Um, they didn't have good numbers. Their stock dropped from 60 cents down to 40 cents. They're a top pick of mine. And I got flooded with emails saying, I'm hitting it because everybody knows their numbers. And they now know that 40 cents is ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know, but there's not a lot of liquidity. So the stock lost a lot really quickly. 
Um, let me throw another one at you. So me personally, my biggest holdings are, I don't know if you remember, Cresco Labs by far. Okay. I thought, they were, I thought and still think <clears throat> their business platform in the long run is the best, in my personal opinion. Okay. Um, and just to, to, to touch on it, Cresco is the one that they focus on wholesale and distribution. Yeah. Um, they have a few. I think they have the least out of you know the top MSOs. They have the least stores, storefronts, but they have the biggest wholesale. They have the biggest okay. wholesale margin. That was my, when I originally, this was a year ago, two years ago. Um, that was when I, I looked at all top, all the top tiers and thought if this is a package good industry, what, which business is going to take it? I put all in on Cresco. And then I have Planet 13, which is my second highest holdings. One of my top I, picks. Great company. Planet 13. So yeah. I was curious what your um, opinion is on both Cresco and Planet 13. Um, I, you know, just like an honest. Sure. Uh, ever been to Vegas? Me? I have been to Vegas. Not Planet. I'm a firefighter, so I'm not allowed to touch cannabis. Okay. Not. I don't mess with it either. My birthday's yeah. 420. <laughs> yeah, but if we um, get in a contract, man, ask me the same question. <laughs> yeah. Um you go to Vegas, you want a ginormous experience. That's Planet 13's uh dispensary out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it turns out, over the past couple quarters, you know, because of COVID, they've really not been able to do it hit that tourist. Uh C21 is also out there i love c21 a lot um both those companies had to turn to the local population and really build up a solid foundation both of them planet c21 yeah they're both out in in nevada you know they're they're kind of business plan is similar in the sense that they're both out in vegas are both trying to hit those tourists and looking for that um during a period when Nevada got locked down hard, one of the sh- harshest, you know, COVID things that was out there. Yet oh, yeah. Two companies were able to continually squeeze orange juice out of rocks. Um, you know, they kept bringing their EBITDA profitabilities higher and higher and higher, despite the fact that revenues were as flat as a board. So I give a lot of respect to those companies for learning culturally how to become very efficient. Uh, and that's something that now that the tourists are starting to show up, it's going to be easy for them to make money because yeah. they have that solid foundation. Yeah. Now, Cresco, wholesale. Let's turn back to Canada, why everybody got burnt. A lot of Canadian producers got out of the wholesale. Aurora Cannabis... If they went bankrupt tomorrow, I wouldn't be shocked. Canopy Growth. Again, another company, not my favorite. Uh, Terrible numbers. Um, They decided to become very big. With the idea, we're just going to produce so much, you know, product that will make profits that way. Mm -hmm. Well, all the smaller players, medium-sized players realized there's too much kind of wholesale product out there. 
And right. so they all reeled and kind of moved backwards. And now they're going for that premium. They're trying to become sort of a boutique-ish. Um, so when I hear that, my first initial thing is um, there's more money in, say, um, that, that premium product. Um, Avant Brands. They're out of Canada. They used to be uh, GTEC Holdings. They just changed their name. Here's a perfect example of a company who looked at the model that they started off with and said, nope, going in a different direction. And they went premium. And now they can't keep their products on the shelf. And they keep pushing their prices higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So Cresco is a solid company. I actually just did some numbers on them. I looked at their numbers and I said, that's a solid company. They're going to continue to be a solid company. They may get outperformed by someone who has more premium branding out there. Simply okay. because the margins are not going to be as high with this wholesale. Makes sense. Not a bad thing. If you know, that might be sort of a diversification where you say, well, I have that because someone is going to kind of outperform everybody else in that avenue. And Cresco might be that, that company. Right. Um, yeah. From a margins perspective, they probably would not be in my top picks because I don't think that they're going to be as high as other companies could be. No, no. Their wholesale is way less now i shouldn't say way less margins because their wholesale is decent amount but but like you're saying the margin just isn't there when you retail is where it's at yeah what yeah so if they, you don't have a dispensary one day you're yeah. going to be dead <laughs> you know it's serious you're going to get squeezed out so you think retail is the thing of the future i see companies getting squeezed out um arizona is a perfect example uh, there's a limited number of dispensaries. So if you're a small company trying to kind of move up and you don't own retail, who's going to put you on the shelf, you mm -hmm. know, and you can't get a license, but then you have other States like Oregon where there's just cannabis everywhere, literally cannabis right. everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, Oregon. Yeah, um, every state's going to be different on how that how that plays out. Right. I think you know, yeah. I, and I've been talking to a lot of guys, you know, feedback from followers and subscribers and things like that. Um, we're all kind of coming to the point where we're seeing that if you don't have a dispensary, that might be a problem later on down the road. Okay. You know, something to to connect now. Here's another curve that could happen. You can mail order cannabis up in Canada. But okay. the federal government has done nothing with regards to legalization. If they were to, the Safe Banking Act is ab absolutely one of the top priorities because the feds love knowing where every single penny is at any time anywhere in, in America. You think so, that's realistic? Sorry? You think that's realistic to get passed? Oh, yeah. At, yeah. at some point. Oh, yeah. They definitely want to get involved in that banking and know where everything is. Because right now it's all cash. Within a year? Or are you thinking like long term? Um, it's just it's going nowhere. You know, right. it, but 
the new election, the next election was what, November 2022, you know, what we're 15 months away from that. Yeah. Well, Schumer's got that new bill that's supposed to be pr- proposed this this cycle, right? This. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, like and- you're saying expedited in any by any means but nothing seems expedited and it really didn't wow a whole lot of us there were some points in there it's like oh okay oh okay but nothing that sat there and said wow okay game changer right because you look at truly if you look at green thumb and they're printing a billion a year in revenue if the federal government went legal right now who cares these companies are still printing a billion dollars a year in revenue on cannabis. Right. So federal legalization, unless they really overhaul it, do the banking, do mail order, do all those kinds of things. What is federal legalization going to do for anybody? And that's the other right. thing. Well, just say, state, right. I mean, that's really. Yeah. You, you can't cross, you can't cross any state lines. So, We've got 18 adult use, uh, something like 38 medical in the United States. Uh Well, whatever's grown in California stays in California. And every other. Well, it's like it's like alcohol to an extent, right? Alcohol, every state has their own um, rules and regulations on it. You and the feds have a very vague interoperability of it. Yeah, they kind of when it comes to alcohol, they kind of like everything's okay, right? You know, yeah. And do you do you see cannabis kind of being on that level? Right. Do you see? Yeah. And they pretty much already said it. Uh, I think it was Schumer and them who basically said, you know, we're kind of deferring to the states. Right. You know, and it's like, well, you could. Yeah, you could let mail order happen. You know, which would not I think would be huge for any players out there. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to say the least. So you wouldn't say Cresco is a good. I think they're a solid company. I think other companies will outperform them. I don't think you'll be disappointed in the long run. Uh, Whatever your holdings are, I don't necessarily think you need to add any more. Nor would I say subtract any. You know, if that's your core holding, fine, great. You're, you know, 10 years from now, you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But if you're looking for other things, I would, de- I, I wouldn't double down on Cresco. I would look right. for green thumb, uh, right. Terracent, Juicy. It's, in- it's funny you say that because now I am owning in on green thumb and true leaf right now. Okay. Back years ago, I, I was everything on planet 13 Cresco and now doing a little more research, watching you, other guys, True Leaf. Right now, True Leaf is, is kind of what I'm hitting on in terms of like stock price and then um, Green Thumb just because of the, their platform. Yeah, the thing with True Leaf, I mean, both companies, their valuations, um, and I can't remember what I thought my price targets would be off the top of my head. Um, it's just, it's crazy where we are with these prices. Right, right. And, you know, and I'm not bringing rocket science into this. I'm not bringing any kind of magic. I'm just looking at the way the S&P 500 is being valued right now. And I'm applying those metrics to cannabis sitting there saying it's a $7 stock. It should be a $15 stock, but it's not. 
Right. Right. So, you know, getting involved in these stocks, that should give you a measure of comfort that you're not looking at a $22 stock when I'm sitting there saying it should be a $15 stock. You know what I mean? Right. And that's kind of a Warren Buffett principle with value investing. He's not looking for stocks at the highest point. He's looking for the ones that are, basically he's, he should be looking at cannabis stocks. Right. Yeah. Now here's my, here's another one I got for you. Do you own one of these? Cure leaf, Cresco, green thumb, um, any of, the, any of the top tiers, would you sell when the influx comes, when safe banking gets passed? Tough question. Or would you uh, if we saw another February where the valuations were so out of line with reality, um, I know guys who actually did get out of some stocks. They looked at, the, they looked at their portfolio one day because they had alarms going off left and right. And just started hitting buttons. Get out, get out, get out. There's if that if you're going to give me that price right now, I'm out. So given that, you know, when you watch my videos, I give sort of a a price projection based on say anywhere from 6, 12, 18 months based on current metrics. So if yeah. I give you a price projection of if it's a $7 stock like Terrasand, I literally just finished that video. Um, I said Terracent could hit 15 to 22. If it hit 30, 35 in the next like two to three months, now all of a sudden it's way out of line with its fundamentals. Yeah. So if you're going to consider that as, a, as an option, know ahead of time what price would be that price where like, well, if it hit there, I'm getting out. Because we're going to see a big rush come in at some point. Once these stocks start turning and people and it starts making headlines again and on CNBC and all these other places, retailers are going to come in and they're going to want to try and get what they can. Well, you're ahead of the curve right now. You've got you've to have the answer to that question before that day shows up. You have to be able to sit there and say, you know, I'll hold this for the next 10 years, Cresco, whatever. But if it hit 120 bucks, whatever it is, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but if it hit that price right there, I'd be out like that. Simply yeah. because there's too much euphoria coming into the market and the valuations are out of line. Yeah. So I can't give you a yes or a no answer to that. I can give you a depends answer. Yeah, right. You know, and but you and need to understand that blueprint to operate under. Do you think that influx will be when safe banking comes? Or do you think when, well, I guess that's variable. So I guess that's kind of a silly question. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, we're all, I mean, you know, I, I, I chat with some of the bigger players on Twitter and this and that, you know, we've got messages going back to each other. And we all kind of look at each other like, this is crazy. What's it, what is the event? We don't know. Right. The fact that they're so out of line consistently across the board it's like who knows right but once it starts turning i think you're going to start seeing that happen and, and you'll see other people jump in and start pushing as well 
Now, let me ask you this, because I don't know where, I don't remember where I heard this from. I think it might have been from Boris Jordan, the CEO of CureLeaf. He did a video based, you know, like a comparison between the OC, the OTC market and like the NASDAQ or the, a major exchange. Is it true that the OTC market is like billions of dollars influx circumventing all, you know, all of it versus a major exchange, major exchange, which has trillions of dollars and they're not even really comparable. Is there, is there any merit to that? Yeah, that there's true? a lot of truth to that. So the OTC, yeah. that's where you start out. A lot of these companies are already in the process of uh, applying to uplist. Okay. And you know, basically NASDAQ or NYSE are going to look at these companies and ask simple questions. Um, you know, how's your reporting on your financials? Um, I think NASDAQ has a hundred million dollar market capitalization minimum. Um, you know, and there might be like 5,000 investor minimum. There's a lot of things that are going on there. Being on the OTC goes back to one of your original questions, you know, What's going on? Why, why, why? Well, these are OTC stocks. A lot of the major players, like if you're a hedge fund manager and you turn to say JP Morgan, say, you know, let me manage 10 billion bucks. All right, what are you going to do with this money? Well, we're going to look at this, 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 and this, you know, and you give them the parameters that you're dealing with, but you might exclude OTC stocks altogether. The other thing is some of these companies have market capitalizations of say $700 million. Well, if you're a hedge fund manager with 10 billion under your belt, you know, and your allocation is say, you know, 1% of that 10 billion, you know, that's, that's a hundred million. That's one seventh of this entire company. You're yeah, probably not going to want to get into that company because you're, you're going to own too much of it. So you're not looking at these companies simply because they're too small yet. Do you so think there's a lot of come together. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of little reasons that add up to they're not there yet, but that's perfect for the retail investors. Cause we are getting enough information we can see where they're going, where they are right now. You're ahead of the curve right now. Yeah. You know, because eventually they will all uplist. And then other bigger players are going to start looking at it and say, wow, these guys are, you know, they've got great numbers. Why are we not messing with them? Right. Right. Well, I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> you're the only one <laughs> and then um and this is because you're more savvy than me otc so like right right now if you buy a, a stock on the otc market you get a share if they exchange or if they you know uplist uplist i guess is the best way do those shares convert like do they carry over do you still yes they do okay High tide just I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah. So here's typically they're going to look for a stock price above five bucks, but probably not more than 10. High tide's a perfect example. They just uplisted uh well gosh, about two, three months ago, like June or something, June or July. 
They're a U.S. company. Yeah, uh, no, they're a um, a Canadian dispensary. Yeah, okay. So they have listed, and um, I think they did a fifteen to one conversion. Their stock was trading at like fifty cents on the OTC. So you had fifteen shares. Now you have one share, and it it was listed at like seven fifty. Okay. So they is that take normal. Yes. That's no okay. So uh, they condensed shares. Yes. It's called a reverse split. Reverse split. Um, companies you- will do that to prop up their stock price. Makes sense. You know, Makes because sense. especially if you're on the NASDAQ, if your stock price drops below $1, you're in trouble. They will suspend you. They may dis- delist you. Okay. So when companies uplist, they're looking for a couple things. Number one, they want to push your stock price way above one buck. You know, so they are going to try and get above five bucks. So if you're sitting on a bunch of shares and you're looking at your stock price and it's trading at two bucks, you know, you may get a three to one or a four to one reverse split. You know, you're sitting on 40,000 shares. The next thing you know, you're sitting on 10,000 shares. But each share has a higher valuation. Your portfolio yeah. does not change in value. Right. It just, just the share count. Yeah. And it's sense. all the companies trying to pull some stuff. They want to, you know, a stock price that's say above five bucks, like six, seven, eight bucks. That seems very attainable to a lot of American investors. So that's kind of what they're looking for is that little kind of, they don't want to sound too expensive. Like, oh, it's $34. Wow, that seems like a high price. Right. Now, Trulieve, which I think their stock's about 32, 34 bucks right now. They probably mm-hmm. wouldn't do a reverse split. They may even do a split, go to bring it down to 15. There's an argument to be had there. Then you'd have double your shares, right? Yeah. You know, and I don't know what they would or would not do, but that's a possibility. These are things they think about. Someone's probably sitting there saying, well, we could do this or we could do that. And then someone else has to, in that case, Kim has to make a decision. Right. Right. Do you see like, well, I guess, do you see like True Leaf, True Leaf buying Cresco or Cresco and the big players? Yeah. Do you see any of that going on? Or do you think because states maxed out these caps, there's really no advantage to buy-in big companies? So um, there really isn't an advantage because if you have two companies in two separate states and they're both, say, $100 million companies, all Hmm. right? And, you know, company A is processing in state A and company B is processing in state B. If they merged, what do they gain? Because the products can't cross state borders. So where's the cost savings to do that? Yeah. There really isn't any. I could see two small to medium-sized companies within one state merging. Going back to uh, True Leaf picking up uh, Harvest Health in Arizona. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of that. 
You know, yeah. I see Jushi uh-huh. getting picked up. I see, uh, you know, Jushi's what about a four hundred million dollar company. I could see them getting swallowed by a yeah. big, you know, five billion dollar company. Yeah, I've seen you talk about them a lot. I know you like, I like them. them. You know, they're they're a company that's going to grow. I just put their video out what Friday or something like that. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Yeah, I I think they're a solid company that's going to continue to grow. Um, they've got great metrics. When you uh, do see cannabis legalization, what do you think the market will look like? Well, I think we'll probably get a. I think we'll probably get some people rushing in. As in, like like we saw back in November, January, because in November the blue wave started, but we still needed Georgia. That happened in January. Go backwards and look at your charts. The charts, you can see that, you know, the first week in November, there was a big spike up. Mm-hmm. Then in January, after the Georgia runoff, there was another spike up. That's what people thought when the, the legal, uh, you know, they, they figured legalization was going to happen. Let me rephrase my question. Okay. How do you see the manufacturing of cannabis when there's full legalization? Do you see it all being in California and being dispersed? Do you think states are going to regulate it themselves and keep it pretty home? Do you think, what, what, what do you think in a grandiose scale, the United States? Yeah, no. Um, Any changes there will take decades because every single state has their own laws and you need to change every single state. And I just, I see a lot of states holding out for no reason at all, other than like, well, why should we change our laws? You know, it's, it takes an act of Congress to get an act of Congress done. Uh, You know, I, I don't, and that's the other thing. It goes back to, you know, everybody's all excited about federal legalization. Well, what does it do? Nothing, because you still have 18 separate states who have 18 separate laws. They're not going to change. Yeah. Well, MSOs could uplist, right? Or would it still be? Uh, oh, you mean? Um, well, I'm just saying, like, that they could, right? In theory, if, if yeah, it was. But that's really the only thing that would change, as there, you would say. Yeah, phase. when you really look at legalization it doesn't really do anything. There's nothing really game changer in there. Safe banking would be interesting. Mail order would be huge. That's the game changer that I would want to see where it's like, whoa, really? Who's going to win that? Ooh. (laughs) Or whatever. Uh, Amazon. Uh, (laughs) I guess good point. You know, um, that's, there are, uh, Silver Streak out of California just got acquired by, um, gosh, who was it? Silver Streak's in Sacramento, and they are a, you're basically the Uber delivery service of Sacramento, California. Well, they mm-hmm. just got acquired by a Bay Area company. And off the top of my head, I, I, I'm blanking, but I, I did the video maybe two months ago. And I thought that was really interesting. 
Um, because that direct to consumer, I think is huge. You know, if you, but it's, you know, I don't know if, if they're on like a two day delay or how that works. If you put in an order and it shows up at three o'clock, you know, that afternoon, I don't know the mechanics there, but the idea was that they're going to take silver streak and put it into uh, other areas. Was it unrivaled? Um, no. I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. I can't remember who picked it up, but yeah. I could see direct to consumer like that happening um now i knew leafly just came out with an app right leafly launches an app is that was that delivery or is that just an, an app and i'm trying to look that up That's uh, leafly does a bunch of different things i don't think they're in delivery though no okay okay well no they're not they're not on the app store which is kind of a big deal right considering yeah well that's apple been. for you yeah right Okay. I didn't know if Leafly was like a delivery, you know, kind of like an Uber of cannabis Leafly. I, you no, know. I don't, I don't, I think I've gotten information from them and I think that's basically what they are. I've never really looked into them because they're not publicly traded. So I wouldn't really dive too deep into what they do, but I have so. gotten information from them. And I think they're, um, that's kind of their thing is, you know, they, they provide information, um, you know, and they're those, they may be like connecting dispensaries with producers kind of thing where yeah. producers can say, who can we sell to look on Leafly? I, I don't really know that company too much because they don't trade publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hold you too long. You answered all my questions, but just to recap on my particular situation, you would not, you would not change the portfolio that I have, which is, a big lump sum in, in Cresco at the original price way back, you know, at a very substantially lower price than it is now. You're doing keep, well. Keep and hold Cresco and Planet 13, keep and hold. It's doing well. Yeah. Um, and then um, if, you know, watch your videos, keep on watching. And um, if any metrics change or explode, maybe pull out when, when time's right. Do you own your own house? So I actually, I run a real estate company. So I own apartment buildings. Okay. I don't own my, I don't own a house though. Okay. I don't have, I rent. Okay. No. Awesome. You are yeah. the CEO of it, of a real estate company. If you owned uh -huh. your own house, you would be the CEO of a real estate company. All right. And every day you get to come home and you babysit your house and you sit around and you look and say, doing great. Need to change the plumbing. Need to do this, that, the other thing. Uh -huh. You are now the owner of several cannabis companies mm -hmm. and they're good companies. Planet 13 is one of my top picks. Um, yeah. Expect that they probably get bought out. Planet um, 13? Sorry? Oh, yeah. Planet 13? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> By who? who? <laughs> Maybe Green Thumb. Really? They're in Nevada and they're also now in Orange County. So anybody who's not in Nevada and also not in California, like an East Coast player, yeah, could right. easily roll up on them and say, there's two states because every state is different. So if you want to go into a state, you have to go through the whole regulatory process. Or you can turn right. to an existing company who's undervalued, 
and just acquire them. You just blew my mind right there. Oh, yeah, Planet 13, there's no way they stay separate. Someone big comes in and gets both Planet 13, C21, Schwa's out of Colorado, Gage and, got grabbed. Um, oh, world's a lot. <laughs> uh, vexed out of Arizona, they get grabbed. They have two dispensaries. Yeah. In Arizona, who is no longer putting out dispensaries? Their their kid? numbers are crazy undervalued. Who is this? Vext. V e x t. V e x t. Okay. They are. Um, yeah, they're 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 a company that their stock should be four times higher. Really? On their own. They're expanding with relationships outside of the state. But yeah, each now that you are a, a shareholder of these companies, babysit them, just like you're doing your, your apartment buildings and things like this. Yeah. Check in yeah. on the metrics, but you're going to see that they're going to continue to grow and expand and do their thing. I don't see on these top tier performers, I don't see any headwinds where it's like, well, if they don't hit this hurdle, that's it, game over. They're all expanding. They're all gaining revenues, you know, um, EBITDA profitability. Can't stress it enough. Keep an eye on that one. Look at these metrics and just kind of keep, you know, as a shareholder, you own these companies. Watch them. Look at their right. numbers. Then, you know, stop by my website and ask the question, well, how do they compare? Who else should I be looking at? Yeah. Now, your website has all the, I've never, really searched and dug through your website in particular um other than reaching out to you about this zoom call which was really easy to do by the way stupid easy <laughs> you, don't, you don't do this you're you're dumb um but anyway um it's it's all on your website though in terms yeah, of yeah you want you're looking for the top the complete list of top 100 cannabis stocks yeah um you'll need to become a subscriber only five bucks a month and um you're allowed to see i think two pages per month that's one of them then after that you know it it kind of weeds out you you have to uh subscribe but here's the thing i'm redoing that list right now because um that's what i did all weekend uh i didn't geez i just buried myself in a coffee shop all weekend i'm only halfway done I'm putting like, yeah, the past (laughs) five quarters for revenue, gross margins, operating efficiencies, and EBITDA for every single company so that you can look at each company and ask the question, where do they compare? And you can look backwards five quarters because we're seeing a lot of inconsistency with a lot of these companies. Right. When, you know, when you sift through and you rank these things, it's sort of like, well, this, this quarter, they had a great quarter. Well, if you don't know what they did the quarter before, that's not enough information. So that's why I'm building this thing. And it's gonna it's ginormous, but it will be very useful for you as an investor to kind of check in on a regular basis and see where, it, where Planet 13 adds up, where they rank. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, I kept subscription at such a ridiculous price, five bucks a month. That's a cup of, that's like an expensive Frappuccino. Oh, it is uh, cheap, man. Yeah. It's, and it's yeah. a numbers game. I, I'm growing. That's fine. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in just getting honest information out there. You know, I've seen some of these websites with like $300 a, a month subscription fees. I'm like, what? You know, a little hefty, a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a small price to pay when, I mean, especially in my case where I got a decent chuck of money on the line, like it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. To not, and, not be able to pay $5 a month to get a little more educated on your investments. Right. I mean, I'm just kind of. It's a resource. I know there's other resources out there. What I'm trying to do is bring in enough resources that you could sit there and say five bucks a month. That's crazy. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm bringing enough information in there on a regular basis that you can sit there and say, totally worth it. Well, it's so unique, man. The analytics of it, it's, it's just so, I, I appreciate it immensely when I see a video pop up about Cresco Labs and you're, and you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, Cresco's you know. coming up. I, I got to do a video on them here pretty soon. Probably this week or next week yeah whenever it is man i'm gonna watch that video probably five or six times (laughs) (laughs) and unfortunately it's guys like you that makes me not lazy because i'll be sitting there like you know dave's gonna be watching this video so i gotta put this information in there (laughs) there's there's been a couple times like oh my god i've been working on this for four hours Mm -hmm. there's guys who are gonna be watching this i gotta keep going well guy i appreciate it I, I like get a lot of positive more feedback than, more than anybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it myself. I get a lot of positive feedback and it keeps pushing me harder. Yeah, man. Well, that's all I got for you, man. I think I took away enough of your time to work on your car. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go do something about that trans transmission out on the front lawn. Uh, yeah, drop me, subscribe, drop me a note anytime. I, you know, I and my, my emails are never one sentence. So <laughs> it was a real pleasure it. talking with you. I appreciate it, man. Talk soon. See you, boss. All right, bye.